0: But not too seriously, on our first live episode here, uh, we are covering Modoc's first episode, and I have a couple of great guests with me, Matthew Carroll of the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, as well as Brian V. Klein, and we are excited to dive into this episode right after these ads that we don't have any control.
1: You're invited to explore cypress swamps and magical gardens, and float along the rushing waters of an old-fashioned swimming hole. Plan your journey at visitmississippi.org slash outdooradventure. Mississippi. Wanderers welcome. all over.
0: Sing along if you know the words. A One, two, three, it's time for Animation Deliberation. A conversation and a celebration of our favorite action animated series. Yeah. yeah. All right. Mm. <laughs> well, uh, welcome in. Welcome in, everybody. Uh, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Animation Deliberation. I am your host Jay Scotty St. Clair, and as I mentioned, I'm super excited for this very first live episode of Animation Deliberation. I've got Matthew Carroll and Brian V. Klein here to discuss Modok. Welcome, guys. How you doing? Good. Good. Thanks for having us. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Uh, for myself, uh, I was super excited from this for the series from day one, the the first little snippets of information that we got. Uh, but you know. I obviously have uh, a vested interest in animation to begin with, but I'd be really excited to get your guys' initial impressions on this uh, pretty crazy series.
2: It was a weird experience for me, uh, okay. because I, I, <laughs> I, I tend to not watch comedy, like pure comedy. I like things that have like comedy in them. I like comedy, but I, I guess I just like... For some reason uh shows with more storyline and overarching things they drive me forward. They make me continue watching. Uh which is why I like my comedy sort of sprinkled in with like a good overarching story. And uh th- this had that robot chicken thing which feels like what you wa- what the like YouTube videos that I put on and just like get drunk and watch or whatever. You know it's like it's not <laughs> my normal but this was like trying to thoughtfully, not really thoughtfully, but just enjoy a, a new show and it has an overarching plot, it seems, which is cool. But it, it every scene was like one of those sketches where nothing matters, but then <laughs> juxtaposed onto this like larger series. I, I don't know. I found it very interesting. Um, and it, it kind of messed me up. I was like trying to, trying to follow it, but also like, I just laughed a lot. Like it kept yeah. taking me out of myself and I liked that. I liked it a lot.
0: Definitely. Definitely.
3: Oh, I agree. It was having a little bit more, uh, backstory and knowing of Modoc, I loved the, the uh, satirical kind of take that they had on it. And the robot chicken vibe was, you know, expected. And I think it worked well for what they were doing here. Uh, there is the, 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 the overarching, the understory, like the main plot of it. But in between that, like Matt was saying, just the little sk- skits that they got from point A to point B to point C were just hysterical. And oh, okay. I'm sure yeah. we'll dig deep into that.
0: So. Yeah, yeah. The the robot chicken comparisons are pretty apt. Uh you know, that that's a show that's like leans fully into the absurdity. But I, I really do like what you bring up, Matt. Like there is the obviously that absurdity, but it's it's driven by this emotional through line and it seems like there's actually going to be um something connecting us to this this pretty crazy character. But even with like the opening scene, we open with like a a young George Tarleton crying and it kind of helps to to yeah. humanize this this incredibly egotistical creature like going forward
2: clearly want to make him wanting to make him a sympathetic protagonist in some way at least well enough so that you can follow him and not uh and not just be out immediately because i i don't know it's like it's that weird balance of like does nothing matter or does do things matter and like he was a True. real jerk to his wife Oh, throughout the entire yeah. thing. And I was kind of nervous that the show was going to be so nothing matters that she was just going to be like the like the steady wife character in the background making social media moves the whole series. And then he was, you know, not going to do things to to earn her f- love. You know what I mean? Um mm-hmm. And then he was he did a very big violation in taking over her body in a yeah. in a moment that was important to her and then like i was like okay now they're out to dinner but then she the, the divorce the divorce kind of threw me and I was like oh they are going to let things matter and I love that I, I love yeah. it a lot yeah there's consequences yeah. yeah i thought that was cool
0: yeah no i i'm glad you bring that up i had a little bit of trepidation myself especially with the jody his his wife jody tarleton that character um to compare it to another adult animated series i thought it was going to go the way of family guy a little bit where you obviously have peter griffin being this very boorish and offensive character but we still like him, but he constantly treats Lois and uh, the daughter Meg, they're they are punching bags, for lack of a better term. But, yeah, I, I really appreciate the fact that there was consequences and some finality to that that major, basically betrayal of her trust, and uh, just a huge line to cross there. Yeah. Uh, but they, it was real. kind of planted earlier on in the episode. I remember when he said, like, there's if there is aim, Modoc is aim, aim is MODOK. If there's none, what am I? And she's like, if that's true, we might need to have a, a pretty serious conversation about us. And then of course, there's a gag right after that, so you don't right. dwell on it too yeah. much. But.
3: They plant that seed, especially because when she said that maybe I could be like the breadwinner, and he said that, and then they they planted it, and then they cut to a gag. So it's sort of like it's in rain, but it's now look at this funny. Yeah, yeah. So, so
2: I so I, I was glad that was there, so I don't have like a huge problem. Because for a minute I thought I was gonna have a problem with the series. I'm like, oh, because mm. <laughs> like especially the <laughs> anyway. Let's talk about the funny things. Sorry, there's like. There, there were things he did to her. And I was like, "That's very offensive," yeah, and the, yeah. like the, the the fact that he like scrolled through his his brain to remember times she might have given him consent to do the thing he wants to do. I was like, "Ooh, that's not a good look. That's real, real bad. That's yeah, not okay knew, at
0: all." Yeah, you knew it wasn't going to a good place there. But that did get one of like the the funniest parts of the episode for me when you were hearing like Jody and these past uh, memories and whatnot. It's it always ties back to bangs and the one that really got me. I'm <laughs> pregnant. With bangs, <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I loved it. The the, the there were no, multiple lines in this entire episode that just made me like guffaw, like really mm-hmm. laugh hard. Sitting here at my at my desk and like uh, the, the boot missing and an Iron Man just going uh oh, like is so funny, so funny, and so like rooted in the world and like real. Like, what if Iron Man lost a boot?
3: That's hilarious. <laughs> And actually, to go back to the funny part, I didn't even notice this until right when the thing ended. The first thing I saw when the credits rolled, I think it was like the executive producer or whatever, Seth Green and Matthew Senreich are credited, and it's actually Stupid Monkey, which is the Robot Chicken um, production studio, is the one that created this. So the ties to Robot Chicken are actually very much intended because the guys that did that did this as well. So
2: that's cool oh, yeah. I did not know that nope. but I, I kind of would have assumed it honestly uh if I I was like this is definitely the, that team right oh yeah
3: mm-hmm. yeah and I think I think Jay Scotty agreed with uh, the, there was this old show on or on Adult Swim another stop-motion animation show called moral oral right and it had that same type of like the character design where it was more because robot chicken used pretty much just takes like action figures and puts like the paper mouths on them this right. one was fully fleshed out characters, and it had more of that design. I think those were all, you know, a general way that shows like this are designed anyway.
0: Well, and then, I mean, Robot Chicken initially is drawing a lot of inspiration from the classic, like, Rankin and Bass, like, uh, stop an- stop motion animated series yeah, from, like, the holidays and whatnot. Like, you know, I think probably most people have seen mm-hmm. one of those, if not, like, the little drummer boy or... Um, rudolph rudolph yeah or yeah or gumby
2: Never. or <laughs> yeah. any any stop motion animation thing this is very much in that um you know tradition and it's just uh it's funny that they're i don't know that's a really hard way to make television
0: are oh, is it, it actually painstaking yeah
2: is this actually done old style or, or are they I'm, I'm guessing they're using elements of cgi to enhance it probably
0: uh, so I, I do believe it's entirely stop motion at the end of the day, but they're definitely leaning on some, some, technology in terms of like how they're planning the shots and whatnot. Because I did, I was privy to some behind the scenes stuff where you actually saw Patton Oswalt got into like a full Modoc like get up and was like walking around a set and stuff like that. So oh, I think wow. They, that's kind of how they did their storyboarding. Um
2: interesting well you say storyboarding i wonder if they did like a form of like I, yeah that's interesting I'm, I'm really gonna have to go look because it sounds like sounds like based on what you're saying that maybe they did some like almost motion capture and then animated it based on that or like i don't know i that's i would p- look
0: to uh not to get off off track too much but if uh if anybody's seen like the lego movies that, that came out starting with like the lego movie that uh had chris pratt as the as the main voice there they they do that where it's um Obviously they have to lean on some technology, but when you zoom in, you can see like the little imperfections on the plastic. And same thing with this series. Like there were times where I saw like lint and stuff like that on the whites of, mm. of Modoc's eyes, but it just kind of like endears you to the show and really does give you that feel of like the classic, like you're almost playing with toys, Yeah, you're playing exactly. with your action figures. And even with the character designs, like the opening sequence with Iron Man that you mentioned, like the shield agents are in that classic like blue and white get up that we've never seen, um, in the, in the films or anything like that. So yeah. it's great.
2: Yeah. And, oh gosh, the super adaptoid, which <laughs> I only know from the video game, but I know that, that uh, in the video game, he's like this very imposing. in the Avengers video game that came out recently, he's this very yeah. imposing figure that you have to be like, Oh, it's the super adaptoid. He was so funny in this. They call him the smoothie machine. Yeah. <laughs> the smoothie. Are you calling me the smoothie machine? I am the super adaptoid. <laughs> yeah.
0: He's uh he's at the front runner for one of my favorite characters. It's it's either him or Gary at this point. I would say are probably
2: <laughs> my favorite. <characters. laughs> what other lines did Gary have? I, I caught call, only caught Gary's name when he did the thing about uh him, about the guy's soul.
3: <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sure, he says he can inhabit his body, but not his soul. <laughs> <laughs> his soul, his soul belongs to
2: God. To God.
0: Sure, yeah. Gary. <laughs> Well, he, yeah, he was the one that got his arm blasted off when he went for the coffee. <laughs> okay, so, so uh, I thought it was the
3: same one. I thought this was for everybody.
0: <laughs> I, I love that because they've
2: removed an arm, which makes Gary noticeable as Gary. So if they continue to have that character throughout the series, like I'm assuming Gary will be noticeable because he's the the, the aim agent with one arm. You know, the beekeeper mm-hmm. with one arm or whatever. That's super fun. I lo- I love. Yeah. I love that.
0: And as we're kind of like talking about some of the, the characters, it is worth mentioning the voice cast. I mean, obviously, Patton Oswalt had a ton on his plate in terms of like just the amount of dialogue he's constantly firing off, and uh, I, I was just super impressed. But the the talent is all the way throughout. Uh, we mm-hmm. we mentioned Iron Man and uh, that brief appearance in the opening sequence. That was actually John Hamm. Yeah, I felt like John Hamm was like doing his best like RDJ impression.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it, but that's, that's very John Hamm too. If anyone could take the mantle, like that's not a bad call. Like if they had to recast Iron Man, John Hamm is not a bad call at all. Um, in, not at all. In, in, even in the MCU, like I could deal with a, uh, multiverse version of, uh, Iron Man that's, or Tony Stark that is John Hamm coming through. Um, and that's, it was really good casting. I loved it. Mm-hmm. I want more. <clears throat> I wonder, I haven't heard anything. Do we know? Who other? What other heroes are appearing and who they're played by? I don't really want to know it necessarily, but do, yeah, is that Yeah, uh, I won't spoil
0: anything for you. I do know one for sure that's supposed to have at least a cameo appearance. So that is a thing that they're going to do throughout the series? I, I believe so. That's yeah. awesome. They're really that's relishing awesome. living in that, that classic uh, comic world as much as they're subverting it. They, they really are embracing it at the same time. But, um,
2: What's amazing from, about it being such a different world... And, and then the MCU or, or even any of the, you know, other series, the Netflix series, whatever, and it being a comedy is Iron Man is there. Iron Man is there. Like in, I always listen to, um, when I listen to the DC on screen guys, they're always talking about the, how like different levels of DC content will or won't allow, like, oh, they can't use Batman in that series. Yeah. So we'll keep using other characters that are kind of like Batman and, uh, and, um, Similarly, the MCU has that problem, but it's because the actors who play them aren't necessarily going to go show up on Runaways, right? But this being right. animated, and they still got John Hamm, which is freaking awesome. But Iron Man is there; they get to make an Iron Man boot joke, and I oh, <laughs> not a joke. It went on for about oh, that's five true. Minutes. That's true. <laughs> I'm going to take this boot to my. She's about to announce. <laughs> She's about to announce that she's going to sleep on the couch so I can take iron man's boot to my marital bed. Yeah. What?
3: The? <laughs> He's like, do you think he has different ones for different seasons? Cause this one smells like a fall brewery?" Like, Oh God, it was so funny,
0: <laughs> man. Really, really yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I, I did want to highlight some of the, the other cast members and, and characters though. Um, I right off the bat recognized, uh, his daughter, Melissa is played by Melissa Fumero, who, uh, if there's any Brooklyn nine, nine fans, she stars as Amy Santiago on that show. And, oh,
2: um, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, I always wonder when they choose to like have a character have the same name as the voice actor. Is that, um, it makes me wonder how much improvisation was going on. And did they, did they do that to make it easier on, you know, um, just the creative process? Because it, it definitely seems like one of those shows i they probably had, you know, a, a rough structure planned out, but just looking at some of the other, uh, cast members, the guy that played Austin Vandersleet, who was the really douchey, uh,
2: Tet representative bro. from
0: Grumble, that's Beck Bennett, and he, he just nailed it. Like, as much as, uh, Modoc is an unlikable character, putting him against someone like that makes him just that much more likable. Yeah, it,
2: it, it <laughs> lets you root for him, even though I love that kind of character that, like, he doesn't even really do anything wrong. Like he's right. disrupting an evil organization, and making them make a tablet. Like that's a good guy, really. <laughs> but like <laughs> just the the fact that he like is so annoying makes you root for the villain. Basically it's it's real funny.
0: When he when he's being attacked by Jody in the office and she's like uh, she's like you should you should probably get out of here. I'm not in control of my own body. He's like, no, you have worked too hard as a woman in the corporate environment to get this meeting. Tell me yeah. more. <laughs> so good, <laughs> so good.
2: Uh, um, the son was played by Ben Schwartz yep, of
3: yep, Parks yes. and Rec. Correct. Uh, John Ralphio. loved it. And even the uh, the wife is Amy Garcia. For anyone that watches Lucifer, she's Ella Lopez, the uh, the crime like the forensics person. Oh, okay. So cool. she's, she's recognizable, too. I mean, I knew the voice was familiar, so I went, I'm like, oh, that's okay, it's Lucifer, so.
2: Right. The voice of the Adaptoid was familiar, but I couldn't place it. John Daly. John Daly. Oh, oh from uh, the nine...
0: He was on... Uh,
2: the guy who wore the uh, little shorts on that show <laughs> about the police, right? That's John oh, Daly. Oh, no, 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 no. That's, no. Thomas, uh... that's
3: Tom Holland. Tom Thomas Lennon, yeah, yeah, Tom Lennon. Uh, okay, John no, Daly was on. He was on the Kroll Show. I know that. Okay, uh, he's one of those guys where you hear his voice and then you see him and you're like, oh, okay, that's him.
0: Yeah, I don't think I don't think he's broken through quite as much as uh, some other ones, but he's always been like a a player on on other people's shows and, and stuff like that.
2: But. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, yeah, looking at his face, I know I know him. I just couldn't remember from what. <laughs>
0: Uh, what did you guys think about like the violence? I mean, obviously the show was rated MA. Mm. I'm just I'm just coming off of Invincible, where we got a lot of feedback regarding the the violence and whether it was gratuitous or not. But I love the way it was just played to comedic effect here.
3: <laughs> I I think I think it was too. I mean, it, it fit that. It wasn't quite the same as Invincible level because there's a difference I think between animated like life. I mean, Invincible seemed to be it was animated, but it seemed to be more almost life-like animation where this is a little more cartoonish. Not that Invincible wasn't, if you know what I mean, to stop motion. So they made it, because I think it, when we were watching the, the scener, uh, Catherine even mentioned, they're like, there's blood splatter on the camera Yeah, when you're seeing the show. And it's like, so it, it works. and it, it, ne- it never really took me out of it. Sometimes an Invincible, sort of took you out of it. This one is just like, because I think it was the comedic aspect of it. For sure.
0: Yeah. Uh, I... I- Love the scene when the the aim employee like had disabled the like security sensor on the wall, <laughs> like let the bird go. It's like <laughs> blood splatters all over his face. And Did then the bunny, <laughs>
2: then the bunny, the bunny later, and the same guy. Not again, uh, <laughs> Mister Waffles. Yeah. Oh, this is real good. Modok will not leave without reparations. <laughs> Your precious Mister Waffles is now mine. <laughs> Modok said. <is that laughs> What did he, what was the line? I was like, in whom is Modoc? When he, like, when he couldn't try
3: to figure out whose body he was in. Oh, yeah, when he, when he miniaturizes himself, that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, who where am I in? Oh, wait, that's not right. In whom is Modoc? <laughs> <laughs> when they take the time to care enough about dialogue in something that's this, I mean, it's, it's zany, it's off the wall. It makes you realize that, you know, there was a lot of, it's not just slapstick, it's, there's, there's thought put into it. So absolutely. I I enjoyed that a lot. Absolutely. The thing with, um, the thing
2: with the violence is like, I'm trying to let go and let it not matter to me. Like, Mm. Because violence does bother me in a lot of things, mm-hmm. but I know this is being played for comedy effect. But I do have a little hard time—not just the violence, but also just like the gross things, like that experiment that they had the dog. Oh yeah, yeah, that oh, yeah. really gets to me. Like I don't like <laughs> seeing dogs that look like they're hurting, like him scratching, kill me, and like I just have to be like, it's animated, it's animated, it's animated. Just have fun, just have oh, fun. Oh yeah, because
3: sp- then like Monica grabs him and just like throws him over his sh- her shoulder, and it just
0: yeah, whacks. oh yeah yeah that's that's worth mentioning we did have monica show up she didn't play like a huge role but uh i know we were kind of talking off air for a lot of people um their main exposure to modok before this series was the the recent avengers game and Mm -hmm. uh monica definitely showed up in that so
2: yeah big role in that
0: yeah yeah nice to get that kind of connectivity there but it seems like she's definitely going to be a bit of a foil uh for modok in this series so yeah. Uh, he seems to have no lack of those though, all around
2: him. <laughs> right? I to, to they left this with him making a tablet for that guy. Right. Is he still working for that tech bro?
0: He got his employees jobs back.
2: Right. That's what but, he, that was the deal he made. I'll give you your tablet, giving me them their jobs back. But they ne- they didn't say whether like I guess I don't know if going for if that like fulfilled the contract, which I don't I don't think is how it would work in the real world, or if like that guy is going to be an ongoing like bother and trying to bother him, like making him produce more things or whatever.
0: Yeah, I I know uh, Matthew Fox, the Ethical Panda, had had mentioned in our live watch. He made comparisons to the Harley Quinn uh, animated series, and uh, no no spoilers there, but it does have some um, some similar themes in terms of it being kind of like a mundane workplace comedy in a lot of ways and i do think that the the series this being the first episode the amount of time that we spent focused on aim and and austin and stuff like that i think it's going to be a through line for the the series going forward uh definitely coupled with the big fallout at the end of the episode we already talked about with jody wanting a separation
2: yeah yeah that's that's a big deal like him not just being the family man but being the like Single dad. That's just a completely different dynamic, and it surprised me. And I was very thankful for it because I think that like needed to happen for the show to. I don't know. It's weird because for the, for me to be interested, the show has to have some through line. Like, yeah, I I'll still watch it on occasion and be like, ha 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 ha. And and that, and that, I shouldn't undercut that. Like, I will laugh hard and have a good time. But like, for me to continue watching it and like care about the series, it has to have a through line like that. And I. Yeah. I'm really glad they're getting a divorce, is what I'm saying.
3: <laughs> or at least there's the option of it being there. You know, it's True, true. It, there's consequences though. Consequences.
2: Yeah. There's consequences to his actions. That's that's what's important to me.
0: Agreed. Agreed. Uh, do you guys have any predictions? Do you think he's going to be on his own or do you think he's going to get a a roommate? Do you have any <laughs> top contenders for like B, B Marvel characters that would make Ooh. a good roommate for MODOK?
3: Oh, I got one right here because we we've already like uh, um haven't <laughs> talked about it yet, but we got my guy who had the best cameo ever, Mister Fin Fang Foom, with his Fin Fang Farmed Table Restaurant. <laughs> it was only like a like a two second uh, little bit, but when I saw him three in the morning, I screamed. I'm like, <laughs>
2: yes, Fin Fang Foom is at the show. So good. That so would good. be a great.
3: That would be, I would love to see him and uh, him moving with uh, Fin Fang Foom and have a little like. Uh, Odd couple type of situation with that. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be super cool.
2: He could live live above (laughs) the restaurant, you know? Like, have a little apartment above the (laughs) thing, farm to table. Um, I I have a feeling we're going to just get, like, the classic, you know, single dad, like, divorcee storyline of just, like, him trying to make it in the world on his own. um, And, like, having a hard time doing that. juxtaposed against him still trying to like find value in his work which in the fact that that work is like wanting to kill (laughs) iron man is pretty great
3: When when you just mentioned that in my head literally popped up like a an 80s montage opening theme to a tv show where he's trying to juxtapose the two and there's like some catchy little theme song going on and it's him like trying to like make dinner and and feed the kids at the same time and nothing's going right for him and he just seems like
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like, and that's very funny especially like if he's used to her taking care of the house like him going going to work to fight the avengers and that's the easy part of his day you know what i mean and then he comes home <laughs> yeah. and has to like has to like whatever and they're not young enough to change diapers but like you know deal with b- moody teens and stuff like that's that's a very funny setup. I love it.
3: <laughs> well, we still got we still got the whole uh, bar mitzvah outfit uh, storyline that we I'm sure will probably be a run, running gag for a while with uh, Lou the son where he hasn't found anything to wear to his bar mitzvah yet.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, that makes. I mean, obviously they introduce the family um, right out the gate, so they're going to be major players. But I do kind of wonder: is he going to be trying to win them back? Or is he going to be... Are we going to see, like, Modoc try to date and move on? Because he also seems like the kind of character that would try to, like... In his own machinations, he thinks the way to win Jody back is, like, make her jealous. Are we going to get that, you know?
3: Hmm.
2: I absolutely think there will be times where he tries to... um like do things like that like exactly what you're talking about but i think the the i I have a feeling the arc of the series will be him learning the value of his family and like Mm. getting and 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 learning some humility and not taking his own stuff as more important than his family you know Mm -hmm. i think that's i think that's what the arc will be i hope anyway i think that sounds that sounds fun or it sounds both fun, and it sounds like it could like make me cry, which is my favorite shit. When I'm like laughing, 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 and then suddenly it like turns on a dime. and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I care about Modok this much. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: yeah. oh, and, and that's another credit to the animators. I mean, as, as simplistic as the designs are, they they do a great job. Um, you know, with the facial animations, especially on Modok, there's so much detail, and I I love the fact that. Uh, compared to the other characters, like you can actually see like the individual pieces of like what makes up his face. Like he has that line on his cheekbones that like mm. you can see how much his mouth has to move. That it has they have to be two separate parts. Mandible has been one of my go to words here lately, but yeah, the <laughs> mandibles are getting a lot of action
2: there. <laughs> I love that show, Mandibalorian.
3: <laughs> Mandalorian. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. This isn't
3: quite this. I mean, it's like this, but a little bit more comedic. It has almost the same design of it. So
0: yeah, did you buy that off Craigslist? <laughs> yeah, I got this off
3: Craigslist. They all spat on it before I got <laughs> it. <hated> so <laughs> What's funny is that I, the Fin Fang Foom and the Modoc were not just put here for uh, the use on this thing. These guys are always within arm reach on my uh, my desk. So uh-huh. Uh-huh. if we get a Mojo showing up in this episode, then I'll have the triumphant just sitting right here. Mm, that could be a roommate <laughs> option. That could be a
2: roommate oh. option. A Mojo, <laughs>
3: to- Mojo, Modoc and Fin. Oh my god.
2: Dude, this is this is a show tailor made for you, BVK. I love
3: it. I think so. So far, I mean, and plus it's good. So, yeah, I'm I'm digging it.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I mean, it was just you know the first episode out of the gate, and it was a, a relatively short episode, so there's no reason for us to spend too too much time on it. But one other thing that I wanted to bring up in terms of just like laugh out loud laugh out loud moments was uh, was Cheddar Daddy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh yeah, it's a thing.
0: <laughs> Not trying um, to make that a thing. <laughs> do Do you guys have uh, other standout moments you wanna you wanna bring up? I love one of the first Iron Man lines
2: uh, when he's apparently watching the British Bake Off in his helmet. And he's like, <laughs> that that concept is just funny. He's like, are you watching uh, the British Bake Off uh, in your helmet?
3: And he's like, no, I'm not I'm binging it, I'm savoring it.
2: it. <laughs> no more than it, two episodes a day.
3: Maybe three. And then he heard when MODOK gets like blasted out of the sky, you could hear him yell who the winner was of that season. Yeah. So he like, totally spoiled <laughs> it for him. <laughs> so I'm assuming, I never watched the show, but he yells some name. He's like Ben something one. Oh, that's great! That's great. I liked Boot Envy a
2: lot. <laughs> then he was <laughs> mad at Monica, and Monica's mad at him. It's like I see what this yeah. is. This is Boot Envy. <laughs>
3: oh, there was just, just so much, uh, so much funny. I mean, there was a few of the ones we already mentioned the laugh out loud moments. I like the one when they were intercutting when they're at the house brainstorming and. uh, uh, what the guy's name from grumble came and talked to him And Austin. in the background Austin you can see Lou with the other um, aim agents he's sort of like parading around in one of his outfits like they're like he's doing like a, it's almost like a, like a conga line or something because he's finally <laughs> he found the fabric that he could make his uh, bar mitzvah outfit out of just little things of detail in the background made me laugh too. oh I didn't see yeah. that that's great that's yeah. wonderful
2: I really I, my one probably one of my favorite lines in the whole thing is like Modoc will fix this. Modoc will save you all. We're under attack.
3: Die for me! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 One down, nine to go. I, I'm uh, actually excited to watch the... Uh, this is one of those shows that I'm sort of glad is available all at once, so you can go and you don't have to wait for it. You could watch it on your own time. So I think I might actually, when I get some free time this weekend, uh, catch two, three, four, maybe... I always say that I'll, I'll watch two episodes the next thing you know it's like here's another show you watch because you just ran through the whole thing
0: <laughs> okay yeah yeah well uh BVK I know you were kind of keeping an eye on the, the stream there as far as uh, feedback goes did we did we get any uh, interesting things happening yeah. in that regard
3: we got some over on YouTube Drew Gretch says really loved the first three episodes so he watched more than just what oh, we were wow. talking oh, about wow. it's a fun show that reminds him of Deadpool it's the most Marvel and the least Marvel thing they've ever done, and he loves the animation, and he hopes the show goes on for a few years, which I can see them maybe doing this, as, a, as a, since it's such a standalone thing. Um, like we did mention at the beginning, when they opened the credits of the show, it just said Marvel. It didn't say Marvel Studios, so we right. know that it's not in the MCU proper, but uh, not that anyone really thought it was going to be, but... Um, it's still, I mean, just because it's not part of the MCU doesn't mean that it's not uh, going to be any good.
0: Oh, um, yeah. It's, it's uh, we got. I think it was from Drew as well in, in that case too, but we got some similar feedback on Invincible. And uh, in the case of Invincible, it's like the comic has already run its course, so we know that there's like a, a set story there. And we, uh, no, I think we kind of said there that we, we appreciate when a, a show knows when to stop So rather than just trying to milk it. So in that regard, as long as they continue to have like compelling stories and they can balance the comedy uh, with the the funny action and the the heartfelt through lines like, yeah, yeah, keep it going as as long as possible. But don't let it sacrifice the quality. I don't want it to be, you know, it doesn't need to be the flagship show for for Hulu or anything like that. I I hope it's successful. But uh,
3: yeah, exactly. So then over on the Twitch stream, uh, we had already mentioned that uh, Matthew Fox had reminded him a lot of the Harley Quinn TV show. Same mix of mundane office antics at a supervillain HQ. Ridiculously over-the-top violence and bouncing between an actual story and straight-up gags and skits. So if you find that good balance and it works, you know, Harley Quinn's a good example, too, that does that a lot, where it's the main overarching storyline and then just a whole bunch of ridiculousness that... uh, Cuts in between it because even with this show, there's a lot of laughs, but there's a lot of there, it, it gets serious at sometimes, too.
0: Right. And th- that shows on its third season, right? Uh, third, yeah, third season will be coming up
3: soon. I think okay. uh, they've done two. Um, also on the chat, Catherine Ray, when we were talking about the Iron Man, said that she didn't think that John Hamm was actually trying to do an RG impression. Okay. Which she was happy about, happy to have some differentiation in the character. Interesting. And she, and she also loved all the violence, bring on the ketchup blood.
0: <laughs> okay. I, I thought I caught a little bit of an inflection that was trying to sound like RDJ, but maybe that was just me. Maybe it it's it could bias. even
3: like with the recent stuff on Disney Plus or Disney XD with the um the like the Spider Man show and the Avengers um show that was on the the character of Iron Man or actually Tony Stark always has a little bit of that RDJ, but there's enough to it to where you can tell that it's an influence, but not a you know a straight up mimic of it.
2: Yeah, that, that's how I felt about the John Ham like he, he was a fast talking jokester. Yeah. But that, uh, but I feel like that's about as far as it felt like RDJ to me. Like he felt like John Hamm, but, uh, but trying to play that I'm too smart for the room, fast talking guy. Um, but you know, that is, that is very much, I don't know how much that is Tony Stark from comics or how much that is RDJ having taken over the role. So for so long and it being the only one we all know now, (laughs) you know, that is Iron Man to us. Um,
3: exactly yeah. uh we got one more in the chat and it's uh matthew fox again he is just dealing with austin i feel like austin feels more evil because he actually exists none of us have <laughs> to deal with hoverchair laser head people but the tech bro asshole who can't stop talking about annoying stuff and he represents the tech companies that can feel so invasive he's totally someone we can hate
2: yeah well <laughs> so, it's also it's also the banality of evil like he He's doesn't care about, or he's like indifferent to evil. He even says at one point, just make me this tablet, kill all the iron man's in your spare time. You want to, but I need this tablet. Like, so he doesn't care about the evil he's bringing on the world or funding. He's just like, let's do this. So, so that in that respect, he was pretty evil. Uh, (laughs) but, but instead of like wanting to be evil, he's just like a lot more realistic evil, which is like just disregarding how your actions affect others.
3: Right. And he does have a sort of vibe we were talking about. I can't remember what uh, his name was. Uh, the The guy that was in charge of Hooli on Silicon Valley.
0: Gavin, Bels- Belson, Gavin yeah. Belson. It has
3: that same kind of vibe, but I mean, Gavin Belson was even more of an asshole. At least <laughs> Austin here has a front of him being like the, the cool dude guy. But it has that same type of inflection of character.
0: Right.
2: Right.
3: Totally.
0: Yeah. Well, uh... I, I think that'll probably do it for the discussion on Modoc here. But uh, as I've stated, definitely excited to, to see some more and, and have more discussions on that. And hopefully you guys can participate in those. I know Jeff's excited to, to hop on and uh, definitely looking forward to having Zuhair back on the conversation. But just uh, one of the housekeeping things here, um, I definitely appreciate all those, the support we've gotten as a new show. Thank you guys for all the five-star reviews that we've gotten. Uh, we did have our contest that we were doing in partnership with our, with our network here and they actually uh, announced the winner on a stream earlier this week. And that person was KL Bucks. So, uh, Matt, at this point in time, you have not heard from them yet, correct?
2: They they may have, but I haven't seen it yet. So okay. if you have not contacted us yet, shoot us a message at uh, at mcucast.com would be the easiest way for me to hopefully see it. I'm, I'm a little behind on the shirts. The free shirts, I tend to batch them and send them all at once. And, uh, because we had some other merch issues this, this earlier this season, I've got a lot to send and I'm a, I'm going to start sending them today. I'm going to send at least one today because one person has told me their child is waiting on the shirt and I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm a bad (laughs) podcaster.
0: You are a mental organization designed only for casting.
2: That's true. Only for casting. This, this merch thing is not my deal. Designed <laughs> only for casting. <laughs>
0: yeah. well, well, for the Animation Deliberation Podcast, if you want to send us feedback, the best place to do that is animation deliberation podcast at gmail.com. And, you know, uh, that T-shirt contest we were doing is a one of the benefits of being a part of this network and having these two great guys on to have this conversation uh, is another benefit of that. So go to strandedpanda.com for all the wonderful things we're doing there. The Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, the Star Wars Universe podcast, which we are, uh, partnering with concurrently here to do coverage on the Bad Batch. So continue to look forward to that on Friday mornings. Um, 9 a.m. Central is going to be the, the usual time for that. And, uh, uh, Brian, anything that you, you want to plug on, on your end?
3: Um, not really. I just, uh, if you want to chat, I'm on the, the Stranded Panda chat a lot as I'm mod there. So I just come over and look for me there. Uh, like we mentioned on the last pod and even here, I haven't, don't have my own show, but I'm guesting I all, I'll, almost every other one. And I know that with Jay Scotty and Zuhair, we've talked about, I'll be on some of the upcoming animation deliberations and we got some stuff with the, uh, the Loki show that I'll be involved with. So I'm just, if you see me, I'm happy to chat about everything all the time. So that's about it.
0: And, uh, Matt, not to lead the witness too much much here, but you were telling me you just completed an album.
2: Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, I do music, uh, and lately I have been doing music under the moniker The Garage, and it's, uh, I have, uh, Marvel related songs and Star Wars related songs and Star Trek. I actually just finished, a Star Trek double album, uh, which I'm very, I also have MCU cast, uh, Stranded Panda related songs with, with, uh, Steampunk Douchebag about Jeff Randall. Um, <laughs> but, uh, if you, uh, so yeah, if you like that kind of thing, check out The Garage on Spotify and everywhere you get music. But uh, yes, I finished one today. And I'm very excited to get it out, but it won't be out for uh, two months probably. Cause it's got to go through the process of getting uploaded. And I got, I'm printing CDs so that the people who actually funded the thing can get them first um, before it drops online and uh, like BVK. Um, yep. And uh, yeah. Uh, so it, I planned on having this thing done in like May of last year. and It's, it's really been hard, but the next project is my black widow album, which I'm hoping to have in time for Black Widow, but it's that's real soon. So we'll we'll see how that happens. And putting two out that close together is stupid. But I like, just want to make it. You know, I'm having fun. <laughs>
0: you got to do it. You yeah, gotta I got to say, gotta it.
3: It, The first time I mentioned this on any kind of cast, but that thing you did with the the Picard uh, making an epi- making a song every episode, life that, that was just ridiculous. It was so cool. It Thank you, just, man. I mean, holy. I mean, as a former musician, knowing how hard the the process is. Just doing that week in and week out and having them be quality just off the first initial, it's almost like a demo take. Was exactly awesome. Yeah,
2: that was it's that so was cool. one of the most fulfilling things. I lo- I want to do it again with something Marvel related or something possibly because I loved that. But I just haven't had with all the family stuff I've had this year. I just haven't had time to keep up with what I wanted. But I loved it. Yeah, every week we the episode would drop I'd watch it 2 a.m. I'd go to sleep for a few hours wake up and the next morning I would like write the song record the song and hopefully by the end of the day have a video up online of me like performing the song um that's super cool uh, with full band most of the time which I was just like it was it was super fun and that is the album that I finished yesterday so that's the one that's like finally finished and full because like he like BBK mentioned those were demos and then I went on anyway I'm talking too much the garage no, no, on Spotify awesome, all those things dude. yeah very yeah. excited yeah. about it
0: yeah I'm very excited for it too so we will look forward to that sweet uh, I, I think that'll uh, bring this episode of animation deliberation to a close so on uh, behalf of Zuhair I will say stay whelmed and stay tuned that's T <laughs> thanks
3: guys be excellent to each other
1: you're invited to take a vacation From everybody else's vacation to a place where you can explore cypress swamps and magical gardens and see a 65-foot waterfall that once powered an old mill that you can walk through today. Or just float along the cool, rushing waters of an old-fashioned swimming hole. See the places and plan your journey at visitmississippi.org slash outdooradventure. Mississippi. Wanderers welcome. Oh, oh, oh,
3: O'Reilly.